All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Sports Ball Politics Podcast, a very important one. Uh, I'm I'm one of your pilots, Ross. My co-pilot, Steve, is in transit right now. Hey, yo. Um, and what, uh, what, Ross? We're uh, uh, Thursday, uh, February 1st, the year of our Lord and Savior, uh, Donald J. Trump. You know, you had me for the... I, I was thrilled to hear the year of our Lord, and then you... you you went and ruined it, um, but but I will say, uh, until Christ comes back, uh, Donald Trump is doing a good job of holding the world on his shoulders. So Listen, he has the ego amongst many egos that could be the one that could fill uh, those shoes. <laughs> My Catholic brothers may disagree, but um, we'll leave it at that. But so this is a very important episode because what we're doing is we're giving you like an open source view of what's going to happen tomorrow with the memo when it gets released. So we're going to release and this. What is the memo, Ross? Why don't you break down what, quote unquote, the memo is? I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it, no matter if you listened on, uh, you know, the left, CNN, NPR, CNBC, or if you're more on the right, Fox News, Alex Jones, you know, conservative Ben Shapiro. Uh, you've heard quite a bit about it. So why don't you describe it from your context? So so what I understand it to be is uh, Devin Nunez, who is on the House uh, Intelligence Committee, uh, has been on the case the whole time to make sure that everything is kept in check and make sure that all the investigations that should be going on are happening without stonewalling the ones against Trump, which I guess he's, he's just trying to be a fair player. He's not stonewalling Trump. He was tasked out with looking at DNC uh, happenings and mischief and scandal. Uh, he's doing his part the way Adam Schiff is doing his part, uh, who is the counterbalance on the Democrat side, pushing the Russia collusion investigation. So, Devin Nunez, who was tried, you know, Schiff tried to chase Nunez off the case last year uh, with some bogus ethics investigation. Hold on, let me pause it. You're getting lost way too in the weeds. Let's step it back. What is the memo? Okay, okay. What is the memo? The memo is a compendium of evidence that was compiled by Nunez that shows. The FISA warrant that was granted as a result of a fake dossier was used to wiretap Trump and his administration in the lead-up to the election and in the aftermath of the election. And so essentially wrapping that up, it means that a politician, a sitting president in his administration, I think this is the fear, right? A sitting president in his administration used the extreme power of our uh, intelligence agencies and their quote-unquote spy tools in which the American citizens taxpayers pay for, uh, they use that for their own political party and political gain to spy on their opponent, which, you know, for anybody else, it sounds like a, a, a Russian spy novel, right? Something that right. would happen in a, a, a third world country, not here in the United States. Is that about right? That is 100% right. I would expect that behavior from a shithole country. But not the United States. That's right. That's exactly. Yes. Okay. So the so so the memo uh, again, just to recap, is you know so uh, you know what we've heard of is there's two memos, but the the memo that everybody with the hashtag released the memo that is as you mentioned, it's a I look at it as a cliff notes uh, prepared by Nunez of all of the different literally thousands and thousands of pages of documentation that they've had handed over to them. Uh, text messages amongst FBI agents, right? There's there's all kinds of evidence that they've gone through. A lot 
one to be secret intelligence, classified documents, and this is his essentially summation of what he found. Correct. Concluded in a four-page document that they're calling the memo, which really outlined, as you just described, the uh, uh, the, the the malfeasance, the mispractice. Uh, what what word are we looking for? Malpractice. Uh, Extreme malpractice. malpractice. Malpractice um, of the uh, Obama administration, and not only that, but you know, it's it's far uh, flinging reaches into other agencies such as the Department of Justice, um, um, uh, the FBI, CIA, right, which also was run by at that time under his administration Hillary Clinton. Um, so it's 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 uh, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. And what we're going to find out and what they're trying to do is that another thing that we've been talking about, Steve, not a lot of other people are talking about it. The conclusion of the OIG, the Office of Inspector General, concluded their one-year report in on January 12th. They submitted 1.2 million documents to the Department of Justice. Uh, and whether or not some of that was used as part of what Nunez is providing uh, remains to be seen. But this is part of a multi-pronged uh, strategy to keep the pressure on and bring down the political party that, that thrust this upon us. So what does that mean? So Nunez was able to source the data that he got from all of the FISA warrants and all of the FISA documentation that was released because of a Freedom of Information Act. So could, let's bring in, let me pause you because I, I if, you know, if I'm, I'm bringing in and trying to give the whole complete story, I think a lot of uh, or, or much of the information that was turned over by the FBI was actually brought about by a group called uh, Judicial Watch. Uh, and, and Tom Fitton is their president who uh, is, is notorious for going after our government and keeping them honest using the law in lawsuits in federal court, in local courts. Correct. Um, and, and so, again, I think it's good to know that people know who judicial, ju judicial watch is, if they're not familiar, because they uncovering information uh, is a big part of this. I also think, it, you know, and you, and I'll let you talk about this and expand more on this, uh, uh, you know, to piggyback on top of that in, in different sources of information, I think Julian Assange and WikiLeaks uh, has been critical in, 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 if not releasing, confirming uh, some documentation that was, was gained by other sources. I think so, and I totally agree. And I was going to say, props to the FOIA, the FOIA Act, Freedom of Information, Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch are the ones that get that moving. They're the ones that are the patriots in this. I mean, for anybody that's free of FOIA, Freedom of Information Act is essentially just breaking it down without getting into the legal side of anything is that, you know, really layman's terms, hey, we're the American citizens, the government is for us, by us, it's our money that is paying for this, it's our vote that are representing the, or is electing the people who are representing us, therefore that info is ours, we own it. Right. Straight up. Correct. Um, yeah. So it's his job to keep us accountable, uh, to keep government accountable. Correct. Um, and so that, so a lot of that is, you know, some of it's open source stuff that Nunez was able to see, open source meaning readily available to the public. Other stuff is privileged information, which, again, if you're on the House Intelligence Committee, you're allowed to see things that the public can't see. I got it, now obviously. Let's, yeah, let's, let's pause for a second and for, for people, because I think that this is the important thing, right? Because, you know, warrants... Right, everybody I think is familiar with what a warrant is. If you've seen TV, movies, and Law and Order, right, things like that. 
warrants happen all the time, right? Where where uh, police agencies, uh, you know, law enforcement agencies, they go to a judge, you know, again, whether on a local or federal bench, and they provide a level of, uh, of intelligence or, you know, proof or evidence that they ask for uh, a warrant so they can go search someone's home or property or business, whatever that may be, right? Right. Um, in all kinds of different types of warrants, but explain what a FISA warrant is, because I think that some people might get lost what a FISA warrant is, and this is something that is, you know, really, I think, at the at the crux of the entire thing. Right. So I think, and I forget what FISA stands for, but it's it's a Foreign Intelligence uh, Act or something or other. I forget what the S means, but uh, it allows you to wiretap and do extra judicious things. Uh, if there is belief that there is a foreign state actor trying to coordinate some type of scheme with an American, uh, and, and I, then there are and then there are rules, right? This is where it's getting into the complexity. But peeling back the onion a bit, uh, right? You are correct. It is about you know it, it's it's to protect our country. Number one, right? Let's talk layman's terms. It's there to protect our country, and it's there to obviously look at foreign agents maybe acting as spies. But then there are different rules that govern the FISA warrant when there are American citizens that may be caught up in the uh, information collecting uh, around that foreign agent. Correct. Right, and then it's it's it then kicks in if if an American citizen gets caught up in that. How do you handle that information? Right. Right, because we are American citizens and we are bound by our constitution and. Bill of Rights and all these unalienable rights that, you know, the government's here to serve us, not vice versa. Right. Right? Exactly. So what this... So, you know, and, and just to put this in, in perspective, if we put uh, warrants, and that's why I think it's important on the on the spectrum, uh, you know, a FISA warrant is, is probably, if not the most extreme, private, you know... Uh, protection type warrant that you that you need to get, which means that in my mind, if you're going to go get one of these things and a judge is going to grant a law enforcement agency, it's in all of our best protection uh, as citizens that uh, this thing, these people, the law enforcement agencies seeking these things out, they are very concrete in what they are doing. Like Correct. it's very, very critical in my mind. Correct, I agree. Would it's you agree be... with that? It, you know, so this is a very sensitive warrant, and again, which requires you know a high, uh, you know, a high level of, of quality information as you're trying to obtain it. Correct, and it cannot be politically driven. It can't be. Uh, I want Hillary Clinton to win. Let's try to get something on Trump. You have to have something that's actionable, that's been validated and vetted, and that's going to become the big thrust of tomorrow's memo where they say, wait a minute here, you guys didn't even validate this dossier, the FBI didn't validate the dossier, no one validated the, the dossier, but you pushed it forward, you fast-tracked it so that Trump and his whole entire campaign could get spied upon. And when we talked about, Steve, last summer, the unmasking by Samantha Power, Ben Rhodes, uh, Susan Rice, uh, they, you know, people were like, oh, that's just conspiracy theory. Well, no. You're going to see tomorrow that a lot of people are unmasked. And I'm not just talking about Trump people. I'm talking again. So let's, uh, let's, you know, let's break it down for people. Unmasking is in that process of which we were just describing with that FISA warrant that if an American gets caught up in the surveillance, whether innocent or not, there are, there are rules surrounding on whether or not you can publicly disclose that person's name, for example. 
And so when you mean by unmasking, that is literally redacting or unmasking, making that name available to whomever yep. right, is able to see those documents. And that is one of the things that we, you know, is, it has a lot of uh, protection and secrecy under. Right. And, and here's the thing. And, and Alex Jones was talking about this last summer before any of this stuff kicked up. He said, you got to watch the unmasking. A lot of people in the conservative movement were unmasked. So Alex Jones, Sean Hannity, Roger Stone, phones that Trump didn't even tell people he had in Florida, Mar-a-Lago, Bedminster, all those phones are picked up. Alex Jones has studio phones he doesn't tell anyone he has. Those were picked up in the unmasking. Everybody, or at least most people that were somebody in the campaign or a surrogate or an advocate were unmasked. And that's another thing that not enough people are talking about. But two more points that are very important. Uh, you know, how do we know? So I've said multiple times, when Trump tweets out something about deep state or intel that sounds too crazy to believe, you can bet your ass he already has a, 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 an airtight case that that's actually happened. Uh, and so that's why when I knew he said the Trump Tower was wiretapped, I, I knew 100% that he was telling the truth because he's not going to put out deep state intel unless he knows it's an airtight case. And how do we know that's the case? Because Mike Rogers, the head of the National Security Agency, uh, paid a visit to Trump, uh, 11-16-2000, November 16, 2016, and he met with Trump off the, off the books, off the record, and he did tell him, he said, look, I want you to know you and your administration, your incoming team, have been picked up as part of a wiretapping of a, via a FISA warrant, I think you should probably move your operations for your transition team to your Bedminster Country Club. And what did Trump do on November 17th? He moved everybody from his transition team out of Trump Tower and into Bedminster. So if you want to thank anybody for getting the ball rolling, it's the head of the NSA, Mike Rogers, Admiral Mike Rogers. Um, he's going to be one of the, when this operation hits, he's going to be on the Mount Rushmore because he was able to step out of his role. We talk about white hats, black hats. Black hats are bad deep state people. White hats, wizards and warlocks, those are the good people in deep state. They use the, uh, the people who stand for the republic and it's the founding fathers and what they intended. They stand for what the fa fa uh, founding fathers intended. They don't like spying on their own citizens. They And quite frankly, Mike Rogers is in the process of making some cyber command unit that spins out uh, the ugly parts of NSA and subjects it to new rules. So he's making a new department that's going to carve out from the NSA. He's stepping away from his role in the next year. But he's been a critical asset. He told Trump, Trump moved his operations to Bedminster November 17, 2016, because he was told he was being wiretapped by the head of the NSA. So if that, and that's just, that's all going to be made known in tomorrow's memo uh, and likely in, in the short, in the short thereafter. Interesting. So. Now let's step back and do a definition just to reiterate. I know we've talked about this before. What is the dossier, right? What is it? Where did it come from? And, you know, just to tie in at the end of the loop, that is what, you know, they used to obtain this FISA warrant of which we just described what that is. Uh, but who is they? You know, what is the dossier? How is it compiled? What, you know, who compiled it, etc.? Uh, give me that. If you can break it down for us on that. Okay, so the dossier was something that was floated based on, uh, I think it was Russian, Russian intelligence chumping the United States. They gave it to actually British British uh, investigator Christopher Steele. 
who wrote most of the dossier, or they say he got most of the dossier, and he kind of gave his own spin on things. Uh, based on happenstance, based on false facts, false news, fake news, um, he confused the name of uh, Michael Cohen, who is Trump's lawyer. He confused him for another Michael Cohen. Um, there was the whole scene with hookers pissing on each other, and Trump wanted to violate the bed that Obama slept in because he hates Obama, and the best way to do that is to have girls urinate on each other. Um, this is germaphobe Donald Trump uh, saying all this. And um, a lot of other salacious details. Carter Page is one of the people that was picked up. and He was a, uh, a, br a brief advisor for the campaign. The dossier was, a, I think it was a 25-page report that was basically a fan fiction that was used because the FISA second, the second FISA warrant after the original one ran out was not getting approved. Uh, I, the first one was for Paul Manafort for his money laundering, unrelated to the Russia investigation. Uh, but when that expired, because he had left the campaign and there was no contact anymore, they needed to get the FISA warrant number two to continue the work after the transition. Uh, and it was declined originally. So they had to shop the dossier and hope that one of the judges agreed to it and said, okay, this is good enough reason for you to open up another FISA warrant. You're good to go. They presented this dossier, this fake news, fan fiction, as fact. It wasn't vetted. It wasn't validated. There was no due diligence around it. And they used that to get the warrant to spy on Trump and his, his surrogates. Um, and it took on a life of its own. I mean, remember last year. So here, here's the order of operations here. Christopher Steele writes up the dossier. Fusion GPS pays him to get it in their possession. Fusion GPS is a disinfo company. They're an IT invest, uh, intelligence consultant. They kind of get shopped around. They shop their stories. To, it's like the National Enquirer of politics in deep state. So their job is to kind of shop disinformation, hit pieces to politicians. Uh, it's very tabloid level stuff. Well, Perkins Coy is the law firm used by the DNC and Hillary Clinton um, and also some other establishment Republican types. Uh, Perkins Coy correspondingly pays Fusion GPS. DNC, Hillary, the Democrat apparatus pays Perkins Coy. That way the money trail is hidden so you will never see them directly paying Fusion GPS. That's why when uh, Glenn Simpson went on the stand, he was very fussy and fidgety about giving the transactions of Fusion GPS. And those are going to come out, not necessarily through the memo, but they will come out in the next couple of weeks showing Perkins Coy, the official Democrat agency, paying Fusion GPS about $10 million for this dossier. So fake evidence used by Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC, signed off on by Obama's administration, Obama's judges to spy by a sitting president on a political candidate um, to help to, to crater his election, to use this as an insurance policy, uh, and then to then set up the talking points with the FBI and the DOJ to not press charges on Hillary Clinton. And oh, by the way, if Trump wins, this will be our insurance policy to get him kicked out of office within a year. That way it's a win-win. So that's what they're not connecting the dots on. That's exactly what's going on. Um, and now, you know, Steve, fast forward. That's a lot to unpack. Um, but 
you, you know, we were covering this. We're not going to go back. We're going to recap this. But, um, you know, fast forward to Monday. We had already told you McCabe, McCabe was in the hot seat. Dan, uh, uh, Andrew McCabe is the number two, was, yeah, was the number two at the FBI behind Christopher Ray slash James Comey. Um, and um, McCabe was, we, we reported this in December. McCabe was going to step down in March, but he was going to get his pension. Uh, now we find out that after Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, saw the memo on Sunday, the next day he asked McCabe to quit on the spot, resign. You'll still get your pension, but I want you the fuck out of here. I want you out. You're bad news. Um, and he supposedly threw a shit fit. You think he was a, you think he was a key piece in the conspiracy, quote unquote? Yeah, he was one of the secret society members. So when people say secret society as they found out through the texts, that, I mean, they laugh it off as Illuminati, blah, blah, blah. No, what it means is seventh floor of the FBI is where all the deep state operative dickheads live, okay? Um, and it's, it's funny, the seventh floor of the State Department, seventh floor of justice, seventh floor of uh, FBI are all the maniacal, diabolical deep state types. Um, and what, what they're doing is McCabe... Um, worked with Strozak and Paige, the, the texting couple, um, to basically do two things. To squash the Clinton investigation and to ramp up the Russian collusion investigation. And we're going to find out through the text. They've only let about 400 of the 50,000 texts out. So, you know, 1%, 2% of the texts are already out. There's a lot more coming. Um, so let's, uh, I think that this is important. Let's sum up for people, you know, I think we've done a good job of laying it out as best we can. Uh, what's, what, you know, talk about from, you know, again, just through the summation, what is it that they're alleging, right? So now we've laid out the, you know, the ramifications of what is, what are, what are the allegations? Um, and why are they important? In other words, what do we think is going to come out in the memo? Yeah, and that well, and I want to cover it on both sides because I want to be fair, right? Like just you know, kind of touching on the other side, the Democrats and Schiff, as much as you know, we think he's a total dick. He they came out with their own side. They have a, a few charges leveled against Nunes, uh, you know, and and you know, I try to you know, I think it's our job to be as balanced as we can. We may think it's ridiculous, but it means we still have to cover it. Uh, you know, there are some things they put in there that are good points that do create, uh, as someone in the middle would look at it, a conflict of interest in that, that Nunes was uh, on the Trump transition team. Um, and, you know, he had also had to recuse himself on the Russian investigation like uh, Sessions because of that. So, you know, what they're alleging is that Nunes obviously wrote this uh, as a way to discredit Mueller in the investigation, as, you know, in the Democrats' minds, Mueller's getting closer to getting Trump for something, including probably obstruction of justice uh, and whatever else they think. Right. So that's, so that's, that, oh, that's, that's a good point. So the Dems are contending, and then we said this last time, this is going to be two trains coming at each other. Who can win first? Um, because if the memo gets out, Mueller is going to basically resign and disband his investigation. So what the left is doing, they're saying, okay, well, Nunez, they tried to chase off last year for an ethics case that he was cleared on by the FBI. Um, so he came back to the Intel Committee. Um, you know, Nunez was the one who pulled this all together. The Dems are saying, well, he sourced and came to the wrong conclusions based on the underlying data. So he didn't vet the data well enough. 
Um, uh, Schiff also said that once it got signed off on, there needs to be massive redactions. And there was a big uh, hullabaloo last night because Schiff said, breaking news, Nunez changed the content of the memo after yeah, it was approved. That. Yeah, so that's another allegation. I guess we'll go backwards and talk about the Democrat allegation. So uh, what he's now uh, alleging is that what Nunez provided to the rest of the Intelligence Committee, which included his colleagues on the Republican side, but also uh, the, the folks on the Democratic side, what he provided to them, let's say, a couple weeks ago or a week ago is different than what he uh, is bringing over and is brought over to the White House for them to approve uh, and, and say it's okay to go. Right, exactly. So so what right. they're so what so, they're yep, go on. Well I'll say just I mean combining those things together, you know, as I say, uh, I don't know if I've said this, but here it is, right? And this is what's it, it should be scary for all Americans, no matter what, right? Because no matter which side is right, because someone is fucking lying. And yep. they're lying like the two extremes of which they're lying, they're both very scary for the ramifications of our country. Right. Or, uh, you know, and, and people like to say our democracy, which is bullshit, as you know, like I say our country, or our republic. Yep. Well, yeah, you're right. They're on opposite ends of the fence. Yeah, on paper, it's very scary. If, if we do find out that Trump was working with Russia, um, that's a scary thing. And that's why I think the Dems yeah, are pushing course. it. Um, I wouldn't want the shoe on the other foot. I wouldn't want Hillary working with Iran to help steal an election, so to speak. Um, so I can see the anger, but you and I can see the dots and we connect them. So going back to what Schiff was saying, he said, oh, you know, Nunez secretly altered the document. There are material changes that he made to the document. Um, there were key omissions. We have grave concerns, says the FBI. Key omissions. Well, what does that all mean? And, and then they also say the, the, the standard fire hazardy, oh, uh, some, uh, uh, sources and methods. We don't want to jeopardize sources and methods, which that's like a cop out, which means, which can mean anything, right? Oh, sources and methods. If this gets out, they're going to know how we do business at the FBI, and that's not good, which is code for I don't want you guys seeing anything. Right, yeah. exactly. Even though we pay you uh, and you guys can do secret shit, but you shouldn't be doing like, we're not supposed to tell you that type of shit type shit. Right. In other words, we literally own you. We own the FBI. But no, you can't tell us that when you're being politicizing and you're, 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 uh, you're doing things that are not, they're, that they're adrift aground from your remit. So, that's right. Well, you know, Rob, either way, I don't see this ending well, and that's why... Uh, you know, I think as we brought up at the very beginning and tying it back, this is such a critical thing um, to this country. You know, as I've always said recently, I really believe that we're closer to Civil War II than we are World War III. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, like I think that this is that stressor type situation. I, you know, I thought I thought 